0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights. Hey, welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is your host, David Begin. Thanks so much for coming and listening. We are continuing our discussion with Curtis Wade, the VP of Sales of Oasis Car Wash Systems. Had a great first part of the discussion. So if you missed the first podcast, go ahead and listen to the first one. And this is a continuation of that discussion. So here it is with Curtis Wade, VP of Sales of Oasis Car Wash Systems. So when people are deciding between cloth and touchless, do people typically know when they come to you or do you have to kind of help them through that decision process?
1: Both. Both. There's people that come to us that have no idea which way they should go. And we kind of help walk them through that to figure out what makes the most sense for their site. And then there's people that they have a preference. We're able to serve whichever way they want.
0: So is it true that touchless car washes don't damage cars? I know people think they do, but do they actually or...
1: There's a lot less damage through touchless than there is touch. In the touchless world, because you're you're really not touching the car, it, it is really hard to damage a car. I have seen in rare occasion where you'll have a claim. A lot of times it's maybe an old car with something that's loose or bad or whatever, but there can be very infrequent damage to a touch-free. The soft-touch equipment, you're touching the car, so you will get more claims. It's not high enough in either technology to let that be the deciding factor which way you go. You will have a little more in the touch, but it's so infrequent in either one that that's not really the consideration you should be looking at when you're trying to decide. do I want touch or touch-free.
0: Okay. With the high pressure, if you had some molding that wasn't on, you could... Theoretically blow some parts off.
1: Yeah. And especially on the when you're doing the zero degree oscillating nozzles, the thing about those you can't run the pressure quite as high because you can strip off pinstriping or or do some things if you have your pressure turned up so high, the impact is is just that great. So if you're running zero degree oscillating nozzles all over the machine, then you do, you know, you got to turn your pressure down a little bit for one thing. And then you got to make sure and keep your nozzles clean. If you get a nozzle that what they call lasering so it gets full of dirt and it won't spin no longer spins and it just got a laser stream coming out and you know you that can cause damage so it can happen but it's not often
0: no i, I could certainly see that you know with those are they what they call beer keg smitters
1: yeah that are on there
0: yeah. okay yeah right i think i was looking at those and they've got that little ceramic tip in it that allows it to spin
1: right so you get the same, you know, if you're using 25 degree pattern, which is a, on a lot of touchless v nozzles, well, they run various ones, but on a 25 degree, you, instead of having a flat spray, you end up with on a beer keg nozzle, you end up with a 25 degree conical shaped strain.
0: Which is a good balance between pressure and coverage. Correct. So when you're working with somebody on vacuums, what are some things you talk about? How do you get people to think about vac? What type of vacuum units are people using?
1: Well, in our world, in the in-bay automatic uh, self-serve world, they're using just still the standard vacuums. They're not. Most people do not try to do the big central vac systems. Uh, they're doing individual vacs. Most are the, just a standard vac, not a combination vac that has uh, fragrance or carpet shampooing. Uh, most of people just do the straight-up vacuums. At a site. And, you know, I think on the sites themselves, having a covered area for people to get under is a big plus. Whether it's uh, cold or hot outside, they like to be covered when they're detailing their car.
0: Yeah. So it lends itself more to people in the self serve market that want to finish their car and do some dressing and work on the inside. They're going to be there longer. Has there been any movement toward free vacuums in this? Model?
1: There's been a little bit of that in areas of the country. There's some things that people do different. In some of our Eclipse model locations, they'll offer a free vac as kind of an option. So when you drive up and you pay for your wash, if you want a free vac, it'll spit a token out to you and you can go around. They've got the tokens programmed uh, for plenty of time to vacuum the car. If you drive in off the street, and go straight to a vacuum and don't purchase a wash, then you pay for the vac. So you kind of get the best of both worlds there. In the non-eclipse style locations where you've got hand bays, most people are still charging for vacuums. We did run an experiment at one of our locations. We operate a few sites ourselves. And one of the locations we did for a year, we turned all the vacuums to free. And our thought was, we audit weekly. And so we know what every item on the lot does every week. Uh, We had a good set of financials to look back on. Our thought was if we could grow our collective business at that location by giving backs away, then we'd just do the rest of our sites that way. We ran it for a year. At the end of the year, when you looked at it, we really didn't have any growth, business growth. What we did see is that The vacuum maintenance went way up. And believe it or not, so did the trash bag usage. People were just pulling in, vacuuming, emptying their car out, and driving away. And we didn't get more of a bump in growth than we lost in revenue through the vacuum. So we went back to charging.
0: Okay. When I was in the car wash business, I said, you know, I think I'm in the trash business. Because I was shocked how much (laughs) trash people have in their car. It's like... (laughs) I mean, There's a lot of rolling dumpsters out there. Oh, I'm telling you, we um, we had a three cubic feet dumpster, I think, or I don't remember. It's one of those ones they pick up, you know, overhead and dump it. We had to have the trash company come every day, wow, thing out because it would, you know, I was just Man. shocked how much trash <laughs> people have in their cars.
1: Yes, I know,
0: I so know. It was pretty pretty amazing. So so the the centralized vacuum. Just, there's a few people trying it, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: No, I mean, depends on the size of the site, of course. But on a typical site where you've got one automatic, maybe two and three or four or five days of, of self-serve, you're going to end up with, oh, you know, maybe six vacuums on a, one of the bigger sites like that. And, you know, if you can buy six vacuums for $15,000 or you got to put it in a central vac for, what, fifty it doesn't make as much sense in this model.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt. So the equipment room, you still need to, one thing I was impressed when I was looking at some of your pictures online was the technology that actually goes into the equipment. It's much different than a tunnel piece of equipment, which kind of relies on pressure sometimes or springs or pistons. But, you know, there's a lot of technology you've got to build into your equipment. It's a smart piece of equipment. It's not a dumb piece of equipment, if I can use that term.
1: That is exactly right. That is exactly right, especially in the automatic base. We're sizing the car. We're adjusting to it. And believe it or not, in the programming, when you're uh, the guys are programming how these things actually wash a car, probably 75% of the program is what if. It takes 25% of it to physically go wash the car.
0: That's interesting. I, did, I didn't realize that.
1: That's the easy part. The hard part is figuring out okay, if the customer does this, what do we do? Or if this happens, what do we do? So, the biggest issue with the in bay stuff is trying to figure out how to protect the car.
0: Okay. So, if if a customer decides to get out of their car, for example, that's a problem.
1: Yep. Or decides to move around during the wash, or, you know, a lot of people get distracted in the car with their cell phone or whatever. Some of them put it in parks, some of them don't. So there's a million things that can happen during a wash, both entering the bay, exiting the bay, or during the wash cycle. And you just got to be, you got to have your equipment smart enough to be able to adjust, figure out what to do if this happens. And there's a lot of scenarios to figure out.
0: That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about that, that you've got to program that machine. I realized when I went in you know, there was the light as far as pull forward, reverse. I mean, I had it in my car in the exact position it was going to let me be a foot forward or a foot back before it started. So I do remember. And then I saw the sensor. So I think the first pass was the sensors were picking up information about the car. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is, is that true?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right.
0: But you still need an equipment room, right? So even, oh, yeah. So even for an inbound automatic, you now obviously you need equipment room for. Yep self serves but what type of equipment is in there that you think would be different than maybe a tunnel?
1: Well, it's probably a lot the same. We've got our motor control panel. It's got uh, all the motor contactors and, and, and the controls for the big motors. You've got the computer itself that operates the machine. So you've got this power distribution panel in general. You've got a pump stand, high pressure pump stand for the uh, system. So that's what creates the high pressure water. You've got your chemical systems that is all the valving and injectors and hoses that it takes to apply all these products out in the bay at the proper time. And then, of course, you've got to have spot-free rinse water, softeners, air compressors, all the same things it takes for a tunnel, you know, depending on the site, there may be reclaim and other things in there as well.
0: Okay. So pretty much the same same things that we would find in an equipment room. Maybe not hydraulic motors or pumps or anything like
1: that. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. It depends on the system whether there's hydraulics involved or not. But yes.
0: Yeah. What are some mistakes customers make? You've said a few of them. They might have the car and you know, have their foot on the brake, but they didn't have it in drive and they lift it off accidentally. But what what are some common things that you see people do in those environments?
1: It's typically the people getting in and out of the bay, or like I said earlier, they drive into the bay, the wash starts, they're distracted with their phone or whatever. They may put their foot on the gas and (laughs) accidentally. I mean, those are the most common mistakes that go on in an in-bay site. And I'm assuming it's very similar to that in a a tunnel location. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: People get distracted. They don't really have their car in neutral or you know there's lots of things that go wrong and they don't
1: read signs
0: yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's right they don't read they don't they don't want to see see what's going on you guys have some interesting technology around unlimited so there is the ability to do unlimited programs and in-bay automatics
1: yeah there is that's one of the things that probably within the last 3 or 4 years have really started to take hold is the development of license plate readers or different different companies are doing some different things that's made for inbay type locations where you don't have to have a person selling or managing any kind of a, an unlimited program. It's self-managed by the customer themselves and you know done off of apps out of the app store. So that technology has uh, come around in just the last few years for the inBay customers, I think it's a great technology. There's a, obviously a, a need for it. It's not, in my opinion, it's not one of those every site should have. If you're in a small community and you're the only guy in town, I don't know that you really need that. But certainly in larger areas where you're competing with other customers or against tunnels, then it's a real nice to have.
0: Yeah. And then that technology I think you use was from, I mean, Europe is predominantly in-bay automatics and rollovers just because they don't have the space. And so it's probably an eight to two ratio for, you know, MBA Automatics. So the technology you were using, I think, came from Europe, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That is correct. That is correct. They managed and still do manage all of the cloud. It's a cloud-based program and, and uh, they manage all of that cloud stuff. The hardware is really the easy part. The, the real smarts are what they do behind the scenes and up in the cloud. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I was at, so a little history on that. I was at the Car wash show in Amsterdam. And I saw that technology and Steve and I were talking. And I think I introduced that technology to Steve and told him about it. But I never received a commission check. So <laughs> Curtis, if you can if you can work on that a little bit and be helpful. I'll see what I can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh. hold your breath though. No, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. I can tell Don't you. Don't go that.
1: out and buy a new airplane. You know, I won't do that. that. <laughs> I won't do that.
0: So no, but I, I think it's great. I think it certainly gives you a lot of flexibility. And I love the idea of you know that license plate recognition using your phone. I think that'll be the wave of the future, and I think it makes it, it takes the friction out of it for the customer.
1: Yeah, I do too. I do too. And and you know, really, with all this COVID stuff that's going around now, I mean, you know what? Really, people a lot of people they don't want to talk to someone. They don't want to roll their window down. So the more things they can do on their own, the better off you are.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So you know, since this is semi remote type of model one thing i am impressed with is the amount of data you can get as an owner remotely i think the embay automatic self-serve world has done a much better job of that than the tunnel the tunnel guys assume that somebody's going to be on site all the time right and so there's some really cool technologies that are out there to kind of notify you when things are doing good and things aren't doing good what is some of that technology
1: Most of our systems or all of our systems are connected to the internet. So you get real-time alerts if there's a problem with the machine. You get auditing reports that tell you what's going on with the equipment, how many cars you washed, did somebody give a free wash away. There's all kinds of auditing data that you'll get every day on every machine. And then you can fully control the machine with any. You know, smart device that you have. So I recommend to everyone put cameras on site. That's a real inexpensive technology that you can do yourself if you want. And between the cameras and the automatic communication with your cell phone or whatever you have, you can control a site. You can reprogram it. You can give washes away. You can remotely. You can do anything off-site that you can do on-site with the exception of physically turning a wrench if you need to.
0: And I like the fact that a lot of the technology tells you when something's broken or something's not working. And I think that's where the in automatic self serve world has really kind of eclipsed the tunnel world and telling you you've got
1: a problem. Through the programming and the sensors and things that we have on the automatics themselves, we've got a lot of things built in to the system where you may have, for instance, you may have a proximity switch or something, a failure there. You're going to get a notification that this particular prox has failed it won't shut the wash down in a lot of cases. We've got redundancies built in. So, it'll run off of a timer instead of maybe the actual sensor in itself. It'll still wash the car, so it won't shut your site down, but it it may it may not adjust as close or it may, you know, something may be a little different, but you're still washing cars, you're still going to get a uh Fault sent to you every time it washes a car because that sensors failed until you fix it. But those kind of things really help with the uptime and lets the operator know, hey, I got a problem.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great. You know, and it's, especially if you're not on site all the time, it's great to have that information. I, I'm hoping that the tunnel world will get better at that as time goes on, because even employees on site sometimes don't know if something's wrong.
1: Well, that's right. That's right. They don't either pay attention to it. They're busy doing other things or something. They don't care. <laughs> One or the other.
0: Well, yeah, it's probably a combination. A lot of it, I think, is they're just familiar with the site. I think familiarity breeds contempt a lot of times. And if you're on site every day, you don't notice the small adjustments, you know, or the small things that are going. You might know when the car wash isn't working, but you don't know that your chemistry isn't working right the way you want to. That's why I'm always a big advocate of, Managers switching sites once a week or for one week every quarter, or owners have got to go on site, you know, once a week to see what's going on and give it a different set of eyes. And even having a chemistry distributor come on site once a month or once every couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Check your chemistry, make sure your titration rates or your strengths are where you want them. I tell you, for me personally, anytime I'm at one of my locations, I go through the automatic. You know, if I'm at three or four sites in one day, my truck gets washed a lot. I wash through every one of them every time I'm there because there's sometimes you'll pick up little things that, you know what, standing outside of the bay looking in, you would have never noticed.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I always wash my car every time I showed up on site too. And now I don't have car washes and it doesn't get cleaned as much. <laughs> Just frustrating. <laughs> I, I, I still have access to the car wash, but I'm not down there. So it's a 15 mile trip for me.
1: Wow, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: Anything exciting coming out in this part of the industry?
1: Uh, We've got some new things in the works uh, that we're we're working on. Some things I can talk about, some things I'm not going to just yet. But we've got hopefully fourth quarter of this year. We've got some pump stand changes that, that quieted some things down, removed some more vibration. Just made it much easier for the operator himself to maintain. And then we've got some changes in the bay that spruces things up. Gives us a better look. Some other features that that all kind of. We're rolling a lot of that stuff out all at one time. So we've got a model change on the equipment. We try to do that anytime there's big changes coming, so that there's a cutoff and a start date for uh, our support. Because we have on, you know, we have guys that uh, sets here at the factory on the phones and and supports uh, machines in the field, and that way they've got a clear cut and start date. Uh, they know when somebody calls in. They know what model it is. They know, you know, how it was built, what some of the features and benefits of that one is versus maybe a previous model.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, there's about 45 or 50 employees.
1: Yes, that's correct. That's correct.
0: That's great. That's exciting stuff. So, you know, this has really been a great education for me in this model. I mean, I might go build a couple, you know, hey, in our discussion.
1: You <laughs> so, know what? All you got to do is send me a signed check and I'll take care of the rest. All right. All right. I like that. <laughs> hey, happy to like- work with you. I like that. I'll just go to the car
0: wash once a week and pick up my money because,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's,
0: that's, that's what everybody's telling me. But,
1: For as long uh, as that lasts. Yeah, yeah as long <laughs> as that can last. But, uh, uh, so if
0: people want to find out more information about Oasis Car Wash Systems, where would you send them?
1: We've got a very good website. They could go to www.oasiscarwashsystems.com. Tons of video, tons of content. Directly from there, they can request additional information. There's a form that will come in to us. Of course, our phone number is uh, 800-892-3537. They can call that uh, any day or email me directly. My email is cwade at oasiscws.com. And by golly, we'd uh, love to hear from them and do our best to help out. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. That'd be great. If you're ever interested in this model, Curtis and his team would love to visit with you. So, Curtis, thanks so much for spending time with me. This has been really educational and uh, I have a much higher appreciation for the Embay automatic self-server world and
1: I'm more more likely to use them when I need to, so. Well, great. And David, thank you for the opportunity and uh, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. When Curtis and I get on any type of conversation, we gotta be careful because we always talk about airplanes because Curtis <laughs> and Steve have got much cooler airplanes than I've got. So we gotta be careful, but thanks so much. It's been great. And- you know, looking forward to what's coming out with Oasis in the future.
1: Thanks, David. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. You can get this podcast on the ICA website and go to the ICA magazine. You can find the podcast there or anywhere you get podcasts. And so for David Begin, thanks so much. And we'll catch you next time on Car Wash the Podcast.
1: Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.